This week in the parish of bourses and market structure, revenue roaring at Aquis, NICE Tokyo cooperation, RCME, the new draft kings, ice collateralize, hot air, and there's talk of a TP ICAP breakup. My name is Patrick L. Young. Welcome to the Bourse Business Weekly Digest. It's the Exchange Invest Weekly Podcast, episode 163. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. This is a very brief reduction of highlights amongst the key headlines from the week in market structure. All the analysis of the many events and happenings from the past seven days can be found in Exchange Invest's daily subscriber newsletter, the unique guide to the bourse business sent daily to your inbox. More details at exchangeinvest.com. The New York Stock Exchange and Tokyo Stock Exchange announced new collaboration to support cross-border investment between the USA and Japan this week. Another interesting cooperation deal for NICE following on from the SGX, where a wide-ranging collaboration including dual listing of companies was announced in July. Meanwhile, the European Union has cast doubt on its ability to intervene in energy derivatives markets. In other words, Brussels finally concluded that big swings in power prices are not due to market malfunction. Of course, Brussels did its usual political grandstand bereft of facts and then rolled back to the actual salient facts in a newspaper comparatively nobody reads, aka the Brussels Bugle, the Financial Times, having first sent out their message of market failure to the widespread media, with friends like this. Elsewhere, the CME was under attack this week from the Bloomberg Organization and the Washington Post, skewering the Chicago Exchange playbook, where they were claiming that their latest events contracts were a substantial addition to the exchange, whereas the Bloomberg op-ed viewpoint had it that actually what they were doing was simply adding gambling products, hence the DraftKings moniker. Over at ICE, very interesting manoeuvring as they try to find a way to solve the current energy crisis, or at least delivers some degree of resolution that helps the counterparties. Thus, IceClear Europe have proposed accepting European Emission Allowance Certificates, EUAs, as margin cover, which in other words means that that could allow anybody participating in the energy market to use their EUAs as collateral against other energy positions. It may sound counterintuitive, but actually ICE allowing hot air as collateral makes a lot of sense. Actually, come to think of it, the ICE move makes a lot more sense than the hot air bereft of underlying collateral, which keeps coming out of Brussels during the course of this feverish hotbed of energy activity. Borsa Italiana plaudits to them. They're simplifying their rules to streamline the process of going public in Italy. And TMX is going to close down their fund platform, TSX Navex, which they launched in 2016 and will shutter on December the 30th. The results of the ASX 
AGM came out and Chairman Damien Roche noted at the AGM, The chess project is highly complex and remains challenging. There is no question that the performance of this project did not meet our or our shareholders' expectations in 2022. We share the frustration of our stakeholders, hence ISX's commissioning of an independent expert review into the aspects of the project by Accenture. Ultimately, the board has used its discretion to materially reduce the former CEO. As you can recall, the CEO resigned just a few months ago. His variable reward was reduced by 40%. Other senior executives accountable for the chess project also had their rewards reduced by between 10 and 20%. Thus, downgrading pay from egregious to merely excessive is a fine mark of the ISX's remaining out of touch after squandering years and hundreds of millions of dollars on the folly of integrating digital asset to become their chess replacement. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly. We welcome your feedback. You can contact me directly, patrick at derivativesvision.com with any comments. Meanwhile, if you enjoyed this show, we would welcome you giving us a thumbs up. Or if you have time, a positive review will always be welcome wherever you find this podcast. It was a moderately busy week for results in the parish. All the details were in Exchange Invest Daily, the newsletter no person can afford to be without in capital markets and market structure. For the sake of this podcast, some edited highlights. Aquas Exchange, they saw net revenue soaring up 21%. Nonetheless, pre-tax profits slipped ever so slightly from £1 million to £0.7 million. At the same time, Aquas Exchange remained very confident about the portfolio's future. Over at the Pakistan Stock Exchange, PSX earnings are down 42% on the year. Net profit there down to 398.7 million Pakistani rupees, which is $1.64 million in hard currency. Profits at Euronex Dublin Arm, they rose by 10% up to 24 million euros for the former Irish Stock Exchange. Meanwhile, in new markets, Thailand have launched their first carbon credit exchange to curb emissions. The new carbon market is called FTIX and is being operated by the Federation of Thai Industries, which comprises a membership of around 12,000 private companies across some 45 sectors. If you've been looking for an opportunity to trade in dates, I mean the fruit, Then, good news, Agthea Group have launched EZAD, the world's first virtual platform for the trading of dates. One unfortunate piece of news, if you're the Basundara Group, they have not been allowed to set up a commodity exchange in Bangladesh. If you're trying to keep up with the news on the world of exchanges week in, week out, then there's only one place to go, Exchange Invest the daily water cooler of the Bourse business. Free trials are available by emailing us or sending us a message via any of our social media channels and we will sign you up for a 30-day free trial. In the meantime, subscription rates themselves start at a very reasonable US dollars news this week, the Nigerian Exchange Group, they're raising some $35 billion local Nigerian currency. That's 80 million US dollars for expansion. That, of course, comes after the Nigerian Exchange Group was listed on the NGX in 2021, following the demutualization of the former Nigerian Stock Exchange. The voices of angry shareholders are starting to break out. 
apart from the one or two isolated voices we've heard already, such as Justin Hughes, TPI Cap are under pressure to sell off their high-margin Parameta data division. In other words, they want to divide the company into, well, a good data subsidiary and a bad broker subsidiary. Eric, the competent manager, Sinclair's data business, Parameta, remains the good bit amidst an oasis of ongoing management failure masquerading as a listed company. Chairman Richard Berliand has made little or no apparent impact in turning the business round, leading to investors' anguish calls for a breakup. Not before time, as readers of Exchange Invest will know only too well. The Zagreb Stock Exchange, their boss Ivana Gazic, she announced this week a buyback program. They're going to acquire up to 10,000 shares. That will have a maximum amount of expenditure of up to 500,000 Croatian krona, and that's going to be $64,000 roughly in real money. The program is expected to be completed at the latest by October the 2nd, 2023. Meanwhile, if you're looking for some reading as we get into autumn or indeed spring in the Southern Hemisphere, check out my latest book, Victory or Death, Blockchain Cryptocurrency in the Fintech World. 20 years on from the excitement of the original fintech bestseller, Capital Market Revolution, it's time to look at some of those loose strands hanging around which need a spot of perspective, whether you are an exchange parishioner, a fintech professional, or anybody just trying to stay abreast of where technology is now driving investments and finance. Victory or Death is published by DV Books and is distributed by Ingram Worldwide. Don't forget, while you're waiting for your copy of Victory or Death to arrive, check out our live stream Tuesday, 6pm London time, 1pm New York time, the IPO video live show. Catch the back episodes on LinkedIn and YouTube via IPO-vid. This week we had an epic show with our guest Kevin Brady discussing A2X, a market for all Very, very interesting discussion there of the upstart competitor secondary market to the Johannesburg Stock Exchange monolith. Coming this week is going to be Paul Kahn, a veteran of the parish, uh, now of course with Computer Share in New York. That's going to be the start of Season 14, Episode 1, our 79th live stream. Paul Kahn around the world from front office to back. And that's coming up on Tuesday at 6pm London time, 1pm New York time. In Cryptoland this week, quite a lot of news. Uh, The rescue plan is in for CoinFlex. They're floating the possibility of creditors owning 65% of the previously insolvent exchange. That filing is taking place in the Seychelles. Meanwhile, FTX are apparently in talk to raise up to a billion dollars at a valuation of about $32 billion in line with their prior round. First, there was the news of a simultaneous parent and US subsidiary round. Then came that leak of the accounts, which looked magnificently profitable. And now we have this rumour still unsubstantiated at the time we went to the recording studio for this podcast, the rumour saying that a deal will be done that miraculously assures the existing FTX valuation. But at the same time, it only raises a billion. And I say only because, well, FTX have been talking about spending a lot more than this as they seek to rescue a lot of the crypto v1.0 architecture from bankruptcy. And indeed, last week, we had confirmation that FTX are going to be acquiring the bankrupt assets of Voyager after an auction which they won, and it's going to be somewhere around a 1.3 to 1.4 billion price tag in total. 
Elsewhere, crypto exchange FTX, they're going to be moving their headquarters in the USA from Chicago to Miami. Presumably that leaves them rather closer to the overall global HQ, which is just a short hop away in Nassau in the Bahamas. Coinbase, they have rejected a story in the Wall Street Journal that they were about to or testing an indulgence in proprietary trading and crypto market making. Coinbase have also been sued for patent infringement over crypto transfer technology by Veritasium Capital LLC, who sued in a Delaware federal court. Deribit, they have succeeded in raising money. They've raised a total of $40 million at a $400 million valuation. In product news this week, the SGX, they've launched a new central limit order book for FX spots and NDFs, while SGX are going to launch a series of very exciting contracts in September that are aiming around the whole world of EV and battery technology. They're going to launch futures contracts for cobalt metal, cobalt hydroxide, lithium carbonate and lithium hydroxide on the 26th of September. Those went live. MCX lead the technology news this week. They are in talks with NSE for tech support as we reach the 1st of October deadline where their contract runs out with 63 moons. On a scale of 1 to 10 in terms of ugly scenario, MCX has now surpassed Coyote as it scurries to have a viable system operating in a matter of days after TCS embarrassingly failed to deliver their system on time. Moreover, indeed, TCS went on to say it's going to take them at least three to four months in order to manage to deliver the technology involved for the replacement of the 63 Moon technology at MCX. 63 Moons themselves, they said they are discontinuing the tech support after September the 30th, leaving MCX, it would appear, flying somewhat blind without access to its code. Regulation news this week. Shock from the SEC. They're going to let payment for order flow live after a great deal of well, one might say hot air being spouted by Gary Gensler, the chairman of the SEC. Ultimately, the US securities regulator rolled back and rolled over when it came to the reform of payment for order flow. Elsewhere, the CFTC's judgment on Okidao has rather shattered the illusion of regulator-proof protocol, as a story put it in Coindesk. Many people have been shocked, including crypto lawyers, that the CFTC's complaint indicated that the lawyers saw all voting governance token holders as potentially culpable members of a DAO. As you will remember, a DAO is a distributed autonomous organization. This again, though, ladies and gentlemen, is something that we've been noting in Exchange and Fest for years. A distributed autonomous organization is a really cool idea. However, the legal system is based around the idea somebody's responsible. That remains somewhat impossible within the DIO structure, like a Raymond Smullyan logic puzzle, such as what happens when an unstoppable cannonball hits an unbreakable post. Regulatory law may allow loopholes, but it despises a paradox. Okie dokie.
In Career Pass this week, the LSEG, they announced a change of their directorate. William Verrecker, currently chairman of Santander UK and formerly Theresa May's business envoy when she was prime minister from 2018 to 2019, is going to be joining the board of LSEG as a non-executive director with effect from the 3rd of October. He's also joining the risk remuneration and nomination committees. Binance, they've announced a high-profile global advisory board. The former US Senator Max Baucus was the man tipped to lead the board as chairman, along with 11 other prominent figures, perhaps the most fascinating addition of which is European community former regulatory panjandrum and leading figure in the world of regulation, David Wright. Lots of upheaval in the management of crypto exchanges over the course of the last week. Jesse Powell has stepped down as the CEO of Kraken, amongst others. The co-founder is moving out to be replaced by Chief Operating Officer David Ripley. This comes shortly after Genesis Michael Morrow and Bitcoin evangelist Michael Saylor, along with Sam Trabuco of Alameda Research, all relinquished their C-suite positions around the crypto industry. At the same time, big news just as we were preparing to record this podcast. The crypto exchange FTX US, their president, Brett Harrison, is stepping down. And thus, Zach Dexter, who is the CEO of FTX's US Derivatives Unit, formerly Ledger X, where he was CEO, he's going to take over the operations of FTX US. And of course, as we mentioned earlier, FTX US in the process of moving now from Chicago to sunnier, lower tax, lower crime, Miami. Final news of the week, another interesting hire. Kominu. You may remember that Kominu some months ago announced a new CEO, none other than the London Metals Exchange CEO Matt Chamberlain. Ultimately, Matt decided to stay with the exchange to sort out the nickel nightmare aftermath. And thus, in his stead, Kominu this week, the Namura-backed digital asset firm, have announced the appointment of my old friend Nicolas Bertrand, who's joining from where he was previously employed at Borsa Italiana as head of derivatives markets and commodities. All the very, very best to Nick on an exciting new position. In Big World this week, we were reflecting on the fact that Louise Fletcher has died aged 88, having, as the Telegraph put it, gained cinematic immortality through her portrayal of the terrifyingly cold and manipulative Nurse Ratched in Milos Forman's 1975 adaptation of Ken Kesey's novel One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. In an on-set interview at the time, Fletcher remarked of Nurse Ratched, I see her as a human being. She's not a medieval witch. I see her as a woman who believes totally in what she's doing. She believes that what she's doing is absolutely right and best for all the patients. In other news this week, Italy, actually electing its own government for the first time in 14 years, has been viewed very dimly by the European Commission. Even on the eve of the vote, there were threats by European Commission President von der Leyen saying Brussels hath tools if the, and I have to say this is a remarkable phrase, wrong parties win. That coming, of course, from Brussels, the supposed champion of democracy across Europe. Thus, voters may have chosen the wrong winner, according to the European Union's narrow view. But at least now I can finally realise who President von der Leyen reminds me of.
And on that mysterious and magnificent note, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Patrick L. Young, creator of Exchanges, publisher of the Bourse Business Newsletter and Information Platform, Exchange Invest. I wish you all a great week in blockchain, life and markets. This show relates to the business of bourses. It is not to be construed as investment advice, nor are we making any investment recommendations. Please consult an investment advisor before you make any investments, and for goodness sake, do your due diligence and do not make investments without complying with the regulations in your home state. Exchange Invest cannot be held responsible for any investment decisions made as a result of our program, which is for entertainment purposes only. The material herein is copyright Patrick L. Young at the date of publication, while our music and sound effects are sourced from copyright-free sources. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly, the exchange of information.